0: Thank you for tuning in to First Assembly in Youngsville, Louisiana, where it's our vision to be a place to meet with God. We pray that you will find this message to be both encouraging and empowering as we go deeper into the Word of God through spirit-empowered, life-giving, Christ-centered ministry. For more information about First Assembly or to catch up on previous messages, you can visit our website at firstassembly.place.
1: in chapter 1 and we're just preaching through the, 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 the Gospel of Mark for a specific reason. I believe that, that the Gospel of Mark is, is, is very in your face. it's very uncensored. it's very much declares the, the supernatural humanity of Jesus Christ. Well we're going t- this morning we're going to be in Mark let me the, chapter 1 verse 21 through 28. but before we get there I just I just want to talk a little bit about, about what's happened so far. So we looked at John the Baptist, he comes on the scene and he begins, to, he begins to declare the coming Messiah. Come on, that is the good news. That Jesus, Emmanuel, we sang God with us this morning. Come on, how many of you realize that the good news is that God has come to this earth. The Messiah has come to this earth to be with us. Well, that's good news. Man, that, that's a message in and of itself. That's the message of the generation. That we live in a world that's transformed now. That we live in a world that's, that has the ability to function in kingdom anointing. Amen? That we don't have to function a- according to the, to the laws and to the rules of, of the Old Testament. We can function now in the fulfillment of those laws. We see here that Jesus, John the Baptist, he's baptized in the Jordan River. He's, he's raised up again and, and on that at that moment... There is a, the, the heavens are torn asunder. It says that the heavens are ripped apart. Come on, I want you to recognize something real quickly that the beginning of Jesus' ministry began with the heavens being ripped open. I want you to see that the end of Jesus' earthly ministry ended with the, the veil being ripped open. Come on, that Jesus came ripping open heaven and he began to rip open the veil that, that kept us from having pure intimacy with the Father. Then after that, the, 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 A voice comes from heaven and says, This is my son in whom I am well pleased. And then a a dove descended down from heaven and and rested upon Jesus. It says at that moment that Jesus was driven into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And it was in that wilderness experience, I believe, that Jesus' true identity was defined. It was refined and it was perfected. That Jesus, coming out of the wilderness, I want you to know that he was operating in supernatural ability. Come on, God, Jesus was fully God, He's also fully man. Come on, I want you to see here this morning that that as we just discussed the gospel, that the gospel is a good news that Jesus not only died on a cross, but he lived a perfect and sinless life. That he took back the keys from from death, hell, and the grave, and he gave them to the church. He gave them to us, that we have the ability to minister life in our communities. That's the good news. I'm gonna need my bottle of water. I was going to bring it up I forgot. Oh, she's going to have to get in. So it says here that Jesus coming out of the out of the wilderness, what does he do? He goes in immediately, he begins to call his apostles. Come on, I want you to know that's a supernatural thing. How many of you realize that at that moment Jesus is walking by and he sees he sees Peter and Andrew and he sees James and John and he says, "Hey, follow me." Well, they knew kind of who Jesus was, but the crucifixion hasn't happened yet. The resurrection hasn't happened yet. All those supernatural healings and miracles haven't happened yet. That the apostles were functioning in such great, incredible faith that they dropped everything that they were doing in order to follow Jesus. Come on, there's people here today that want to follow Jesus, but they're not willing to leave that past life behind. Come on, I want you to know that these apostles functioned in incredible faith. I know it was Jesus, but I mean, Jesus hasn't done the Jesus stuff yet. Come on, he, he was baptized, he was, he was filled, he went into the wilderness, and then these men abandoned everything to follow him. You see, Jesus comes out of the wilderness, the very first thing he did, he began to establish his kingdom. Come on, how many of you realize he didn't just begin to establish his church? Come on, you have to have the kingdom built before you can begin to build the church. You have to have the kingdom living within you begin, before you can begin to try to build a church around you. And then we, that, leaves us, that brings us right up to Mark chapter 1, verse 21 through 28. But before I get into this, I want to tell you just a quick story of a, of a, a TV show that most of you are probably familiar with. How many of y'all have seen the movie uh, Leave it to Beaver? Anybody, know, anybody not know Leave it to Beaver? Everybody not? Never seen Leave it to Beaver? Huh, well, you know, I can understand. From another country. It's Okay. So so, leave it to Beaver. It's a, it's a show. It actually, the first episode aired October fourth, nineteen fifty seven. So it's kind of black and white, you know. And it was about two young, two young boys and, and, and their family. They're growing up, you know. Who who were the, y'all remember the, their names? Wally and Beaver, right? Wally and Beaver. And the very first episode, I was. I, it came out on Netflix. I just wanted to watch it, and uh, it was incredible. And I remember this. There was this moment whenever uh, their their mom June, right? She says, "Hey." Boys, y'all go take a bath, right? So, I mean, if y'all if y'all have ever seen the show, you know that Wally and Beaver they kind of get into stuff and they kind of go through these life different things, right? Uh, man, if only they would make TV shows like that today that actually said had something to say, but but they don't make them like that anymore. So I went back and watched them on Netflix. Thank thank goodness for for Netflix. I'm not going to thank God for Netflix, but anyway. So, Wally and Beaver, their mom says, "Boys, go take a bath." So they go upstairs and. And they go through this incredible episode, this incredible system, where they said, you know, they begin to run to bathwater, and everything looks pretty good, you know, and and then Wally, he says, he you know, he kind of takes his clothes off. I mean, not you know, like just to his overclothes, I guess. And and, he's, and Beaver, they're kind of getting ready, but it's like they never get in the bathtub. So they, they take some water and they kind of put it in their hair like this, and then and then they take a little water and some soap and they kind of put it under their arms, you know, and they clean right here and. You know, and they're kind of splashing. They're just sitting there talking the whole time. They're splashing the water a little bit. And then, and then Wally, he's the older brother. He has this great idea. He takes a little bit of dirt out of his pocket, you know. And he kind of sprinkles it in the bathtub. And then, uh, you know, so that way it leaves a, a dirt ring, you know. Because his, their mom would never believe that they actually took a bath if she goes up there to clean the tub and it's like pristine clean, you know. So they really thought this stuff out. Well, they had a plan, right? Who, who knows how many times they've done this? And then, you know, that she's, she, you can hear June. She's yelling up boys, she's you yelling at, y'all at the bath? Oh, yes. They splash the water around a little bit. They go through this incredible thing. I mean, it probably took more effort to fake a bath than it did to actually just get in the bathtub and get cleaned up, right? I mean, how many of us, though, live our lives kind of like that? How many of us realize that, that we go through church and we go through all these motions and we go through all these things that we can appear to other people that were cleaned up, you know, but but we just refuse to get in the bathtub. We go through more effort to hide than we do to 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 actually just get get right. I, whew, that's a that's a worry right there. Come on, leave it to beaver. Leave it to beaver. See, they don't teach stuff like that on TV no more. You know, we're more concerned about what others think than than and not willing to just go through the simple effort of just getting in the bathtub. I mean, just I can pick on my son. He's not here, Nathan. He's coming back from Ranger Academy. We've caught him more times than not. You know, it's like, so, so, so he kind of figured out where does, how do we check the bathtub system, you know? So he'll, he'll do the same thing. Put a little soap right here. If you smell the back of his head, though, you see, he didn't wash his hair. Sons, got to love them. Amen. Everybody in Mark chapter 1, verse 21 through 28. Come on, if you're there, can you say amen? Amen. Immediately, we went there. Let's go there. It says, Then they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished by his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Now there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Then they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. And immediately his fame spread throughout all the region around Galilee. Can we just go to the Lord in prayer this morning? Heavenly Father I thank you Lord once again for your grace. Lord I thank you for your mercy. Lord I ask that you can just let the word being, being declared today. Lord that Logos word just become that Rhema word Lord. That right now word that word that You have for this generation, that word that You have for for this church, Lord, that that this word that You have for each one of us individually, Lord, that it can just be those equipping words, those those sending words, those words that that allow us to grow in You in ways that we never thought possible before. Lord, I I pray that that You can begin to just open up our minds, to, to just understand, Lord, open up our hearts to hear the truth of the Gospel. Uncensored, Lord. don't hold anything back from us. Lord. we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many of you, when we read this account, you have this image, right? I mean, some, sometimes I like to kind of act out the word. I, I, I want you to know that one of the, the, a, a great tool that you can do when you're reading the Bible is not to just read it inside your brain, right? How many of you, when you read the Bible, you just kind of read it in your head, right? I want you to know that sometimes it's better just to read it out loud. And then you can begin to hear it with your ears, right? Because, you know, that's how faith comes. And we can begin to hear with our ears, and then we can begin to see with our eyes. And many of us, we read this account, we have this kind of otherworldly type of, of images in our brain. It's otherworldly, like this is something that just doesn't happen anymore. This is some Bible story that's just not reality for today. That you have Jesus, he, of course he's Jesus, right? He walks in there and he begins to teach with authority. Because why? Because he's Jesus and he just teaches with authority. And then there's just some man, some demoniac, some, some crazed person begins to cry out, Son of God, what have you got to do with us? You know, this, it's other world. It's like this isn't something for the to church today. It's not for the church today. I want you to know that this is a word for the church today. That this is something that we need to uh, deal with today. It's not something that we need to deal with tomorrow. It's not something that we need to just think about. It's not something that we need to meditate on. But we need to fully surrender to the truth of who Jesus is today. Amen? That's why I, spent, I wanted to spend some time in worship. Because I want to make sure, before I begin to declare the truth of who Jesus is, that we have Jesus in the room. I want to make sure that the Holy Spirit is beginning to minister to our spirits. Amen? I don't want to go out there, like I said, Jesus, I'm willing to go, but I'm not going without you. You see, Jesus, because the, the, the truth of it is, is Jesus, He is he is filled with the Holy Spirit. He is tested in the wilderness. I want you to know that He is ready to go and be launched. And how many of you realize that most of us want to go and, and, and do ministry in the first place we want to go? Man, we're going to go into the streets, and we're going to go into the to the prostitution houses, and we're going to go into the homeless shelters. Jesus, this was His plan. Hey, God, we're going to go to church. Man, okay. So, so that's kind of a tough thing to realize that Jesus goes into the synagogue. The synagogue at that time was the place where the Jews came every Sabbath to worship. It was like the modern day church. Come on, I want you to know that Jesus went there teaching and preaching the good news of who he was. The good news of the kingdom of heaven there in the church. And I want you to see that, that it began to change things. It began to change the atmosphere. I want you to know just because you're in church, you didn't walk into a perfect church. Come on, there's people here right now that, that are struggling, that are dealing with things. Don't judge a church by the content of its people or even the content of its pastor. I want you to judge a church by who they're worshiping and who they're serving. Come on, I want you to know that, that, that Jesus, amen, that Jesus still has the ability to work on us each and every day. Jesus goes, the first place He goes is into the church. And He begins to teach and He begins to preach. It says He even uses the word Immediately. Come on, how many of you have that? Oh, we're going to pray about it. We're going to think about it. I want you to know when God calls you to do something, the best attitude to have is that immediately attitude. Come on, you need to d- develop and grow in your in your in your relationship with Jesus Christ, where you're reading your word, where you're praying regularly, where you're spending time fasting, where you when you're beginning to devote yourself. To the, to the ministry, to the calling of Jesus, where you're surrounding yourself with godly men and women, where you're being discipled on a regular basis, where you're having people pour into you, not the filth of this world, but the truth of the Word. And that way, when you hear the Word of God, you can begin to have that immediately lifestyle. Come on, I want you to know that Jesus hasn't called us to, to just pray about things all the time. Come on, we need to pray about things, but I want you to know that, that we live in a, a, a gospel, that we have a gospel that is real and active on this earth. That God wants to use you to move mountains. Come on, the, the times of just crying out and going up to the mountains to worship are over. I, I believe that God is calling us. He says, no more do men go to these mountains to worship God. He says, but I'm seeking those who worship me in spirit and in truth. That we need to surrender to the seeker-sensitive church that, that's seeking the Father, that's seeking the one who's called them to worship. Jesus goes into the synagogue. He begins to teach the truth. And you know what's interesting is that we don't It doesn't even really say, what did Jesus teach? You know, it's like it wasn't like some special sermon. I mean, how many of you realize that if we knew exactly what words Jesus shared there at that moment, we would be reciting that everywhere we went? You know, it doesn't really give us, what what are these words of authority that Jesus taught? What are these words of, not like the scribes and Pharisees, right? You see, I believe that Jesus had an understanding of who His identity was. He began to preach from a position of of, of a pure identity, instead of instead of just what the world told him that he was, well how many of you realize that that the world told Jesus, tried to tell Jesus who he was, but Jesus had an understanding that went beyond, beyond this worldly understanding. We don't know what Jesus taught, but I think if you look in Matthew chapter five uh and through seven you get a kind of an idea of what Jesus began to declare I'll, I'll go there and give you an example we've been talking about this on our Wednesday night, Worldview Wednesdays, here in the, in the, uh, with the adults. Matthew 5 and, and 7. I just want to give you an idea. Some of the things that Jesus taught. So what is it that He taught? I mean, I want to know. What, how did Jesus preach with authority? How did Jesus teach? Not as, not as the scribes and the Pharisees. You see, it doesn't really say there, but I believe if we look at Matthew, it'll say, and we begin to see things that Jesus begins to declare truth that seem foreign to those times. You see, they were preaching from an understanding of the law. Jesus began to preach from an understanding of the kingdom. He began to declare things like, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, For they shall be filled. You see, I want you to understand that at that time, that the people they thought who were mourning, the people who thought who were poor, the people who thought were meek, the people who thought were hungry, that they were being afflicted for some specific sin or shame. You see, Jesus taught a total contrary understanding to the truth of who God is. He said, Blessed are the poor, for they shall inherit the kingdom. You see, Jesus wasn't so much concerned about how to clean up the outside. He was more concerned about what was inside the heart. If you read in Proverbs 423, it says, Keep your heart with all diligence. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. Parents, here's just a little word for you, parents. Know what your children are looking at on the internet. Come on, I, children are children. Children are innocent. I want you to know that, that I don't believe that children intentionally get caught up in pornography. They don't intentionally get caught up in, in, in all types of other bondages that they find on TV and the Internet. But it's your responsibility as a parent, parents, that, that we have to begin to guard our children's heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. I want you to think about that. That the, that the junk that gets put into your kids' hearts at a young age is going to start coming out at some point in time. Come on, you can't just, you know that, 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 you know, that juice that, that kind of like leaks out of a trash truck? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, you see the trash truck comes. Man, how many of you realize that stuff stinks up your neighborhood like that? You know why that juice is there? Because you put trash in the trash truck. Come on, that's like our lives sometimes. Like we're leaking trash juice. Come on, it can stink stuff up. It complicates stuff. We have to guard our hearts about what's coming in. We, I had a worship leader tell me one time, he said, don't try to filter what's coming out of our hearts. He said, because that's just a lost cause. You'll wear yourself out. He said, you need to filter what's, com- what's going in. Well, if we begin to pour holiness and righteousness and truth into our hearts, I want you to know out of it, out of it flows the issues of life and truth. Jesus, He begins to teach a gospel. He begins to preach a message of the kingdom that went beyond just a, a simple Beaver and Wally bathroom experience, right? He said, no, 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 no. Y'all are just cleaning up the outside. I need y'all to get in the tub. I need y'all to get cleaned up. Here, today, that's what his message was in the synagogue. See, in in Matthew 5, chapter, let's see, chapter 5, verse 27, a message of Jesus. He began to say things. He says, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. Well, that's simple. I mean, as long as I don't commit adultery, as long as the outside looks good, we're all good, right? Well, I want you to know that's not what Jesus says. He says, but... But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. That's that's a heart message. That's a a cleansing truth. This is the gospel. This is the authority that Jesus began to declare there in the synagogue. He says, quit worrying about just your ceremonial uncleanness, your morally uncleanness. I don't want you to just clean up the outside. I want you to begin to clean up the heart. Because out of the heart flows the issues of life. And they looked at Jesus. This is, he's teaching these things. He begins to say, You've heard of it said of old that, that, it, that you shall not commit murder, but whoever murders will be in da- danger of judgment. He says, But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of judgment. He says, It's not just an outward thing. It's not just committing murder. He says, You need to get the hatred. You need to get the anger. You need to get the bitterness out of your heart. Because that's what's keeping you unclean. It's not just the outside things. It's the inside things. You see, that's a gospel of authority. That's a gospel of truth. Authority is not just knowing the most. Come on, how many of you realize that authority is something that we need to understand? So I just want to bring a little clarity. Authority is not just being the loudest person in the room. Come on, authority is not being the the most educated person, person in the room. It's not being the most talented person in the room. It's not just authority is not just being the guy holding the gun or the guy holding the badge. I want you to know that authority flows from a place of humility. Authority flows from a place of humility. Authority flows from a place of identity. If you look in Matthew eight, eight through nine, Jesus is is having an encounter with a centurion. And the centurion is asking for his servant to be healed. And it says, this is the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this one, Go, and he goes, and to the other, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. You see, Jesus had a perfect, he says, There's no more greater faith in all of Israel, than what I'm seeing right here, right now. Because this man had an understanding of authority. And I think that our church, I think that we have a misunderstanding of authority. See, we don't flow from authority because we're in a specific position. We don't flow from authority because we have a role or something. You know, I don't function in authority because I'm the pastor of the church. I want you to know that as I begin to put myself under the authority of Jesus Christ, as I put myself under the authority of God, and I begin to allow God to begin to cleanse me and purify me, and I begin to humble myself and live a life on my knees, that I can function in my true identity. And from that identity begins to flow true authority. You see, Jesus taught because He wouldn't even get into an argument with people. Because He knew the truth. Come on, how many of us, we don't even have enough authority to just declare the truth and walk away from it. But but we just begin to engage with silly arguments and silly conversations. I believe that God wants us to function from a place of authority just as He functioned from a place of authority. You see, that, that authority that Jesus walked in that day in the synagogue began to draw out the unclean. Come on, how many of you realize that the presence of Jesus has a tendency to draw things out? Come on, how many of you have ever been in in your prayer closet or if you've ever been in a worship service and you start getting these these impure thoughts coming to your mind? Come on, I don't want you to just think about uncleanness as demonic possession. Come on, how many of you realize that that man sitting in the synagogue, everybody around him thought it was cool, he was there. I mean, it had never been dealt with before. I want you to know that uncleanness can look like a lot more than just simply some demon-possessed person. But we can all function with uncleanness in our heart. That we can all function with, with lying in our heart. That we can all function with adultery in our heart. That we can all function with, with anger in our heart. Bitterness in our heart. Rage in our heart. Unforgiveness in our heart. That all these things make us unclean before the Lord. He's not trying to pick on us. He's trying to draw that stuff out of us. Come on, He's trying to show us. He says, son, daughter, this, this is, you can get closer to me by getting this out of your life. I want you to see that the presence of Jesus, it draws out the unclean. In Mark 1.23, as we just read, it says, Now there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. You see, the very presence of Jesus began to draw out the unclean spirits. They begin to say things like, Jesus, what are you doing here? Why are you saying these things? I mean, we know who you are. Have you come to destroy us? Come on, how many of you, the very first time somebody begins to call us out on our anger or the first time somebody begins to call us out on our jealousy or our bitterness, who do you think you are calling me out? Why are you judging me? Come on, I want you to know that it can be the very spirit of Christ in a person that's simply helping you to understand that you have some flaws in your life. Come on, we need to to surrender ourselves to godly leadership, to godly authority. We need to surrender ourselves to godly discipleship. Come on, if you think that that coming to church on a Sunday morning is going to clean you up, I'm sorry. It's not enough. You need to surrender yourself to a life devoted wholly to Jesus Christ. Come on, that we're called into a kingdom, not an experience. Amen? Amen. The truth of the gospel, it begins to expose our lives. Come on, how many of you realize, you read Matthew chapter 5 through chapter 7, it begins to speak to you in deep kind of ways. Man, Jesus, have you come to destroy me? I can't live like this. What are you talking about? I mean, that person who did me wrong, they deserve what they got coming. They deserve You see, the the presence of Jesus draws out the unclean. It begins to draw out things within you. It begins to point out things, those deep issues of the heart, wherewith the the, the issues of life flows from. Come on, you want to get into a greater presence of Jesus, you're going to have to begin to allow Jesus to, to get a greater presence within you. I want you to think about that. Most of us, we want to come to a worship service and we want to have this awesome encounter with Jesus. But I want you to know, Jesus wants to have an awesome encounter with you. He wants to have a worship service in your heart. He wants to begin to have His full presence known within you. That presence begins to, it can't dwell in the same place with uncleanness. As we see here in this story. But you see, the truth without authority will reveal our failures, but it lacks the ability to do anything about it. You see, if, if we just have the truth revealed, but we don't have the authority to clean it up, it hasn't really accomplished much, except exposing our sin and our shame. Come on, how many of you realize that, 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 that the gospel of Jesus Christ didn't just come to expose us, it came to heal us? He didn't come to, to put us on the big screen in our sin with our sin, He came to help us to grow closer to Him. To come to that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That we should search out our own salvation with what? Fear and trembling. Why? Because we have to have an understanding that this stuff is going to hurt. It's going to be hard. But it's going to be worth it. Just like a soldier as they're getting prepared for boot camp. They have to go through some challenging situations. But they come out stronger in the end, just like Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days, he came out stronger with a more be- with a better understanding of who his identity was. You see, in the synagogue, the scribes, they had the ability to point out sin, but they didn't have the ability to cover it. You see, they had, they had the ability to say, you know, this is your sin. This is what's going on. But the only way they had to deal with it was through through washing, through cleansing, through cleansing through these different procedures that they would go through. You could, you could kill a dove. You could sacrifice a lamb. You could wash your hands in the morning. You, know, you, could, you could not light a candle at any specific time. You could do these different things to get ceremonially clean. I, I want you to know that, that God wants you to walk a live a life ceremonially clean. He wants you to live a life pure before the Lord. Or what about morally cleanness? You know, morally unclean means that a, as a man and a woman, they do the things that men and women do as married couples, that, that if that happens, that, that there's a period of time where they're, they're, they're unclean. And they have to wait before they can go into worship. That I want you to know that, that your sexual immorality has the ability to make you unclean. Come on, just, just having these thoughts of lust, having these thoughts of, and looking at pornography makes you unclean exciting message. It's a hard message. It's a true message that we need to live a life of purity, that we need to live a life of holiness, that God wants to make you pure and holy before Him, that He sent His very Son in the form of a man to live a perfect sinless life that we no longer had to be unclean, that, that the presence of Jesus can begin to draw out that uncleanness within us and bring us to a place that the Spirit of God, that the authority of Jesus can begin to drive out that uncleanness come on how many of you realize it's not enough for the for the spirit of god for the presence of jesus he he drew out the unclean and then what happens he begins to function in authority and you read in verse 25 it says but jesus rebuked him saying be quiet and come out of him how many of us when we begin to have pride well up in our spirits When we begin to have laziness well up within our spirits, sexual immorality, anger, rage, anxiety, depression, insecurity, lying, begin to well up in us. How many of us are willing to submit not just to the presence of Jesus, but to the authority of Jesus and begin to let those words come out of our mouth that says, be quiet and come out? I believe that the message of Jesus Christ is that He wants to purify us. He wants to cleanse us. We can't can't just be willing to go into the presence of Jesus without surrendering to the authority of Jesus. These spirits begin to say, what have we to do with you? Jesus, what does my thought life have to do with you? Jesus, what does all these things I'm watching on TV have to do with you? Jesus, what does all this anger and hate that I have in my heart have to do with you? I want you to know that it has everything to do with Him because Jesus has an understanding that the very things that are in our heart begin to flow out of us. And He wants to purify us. Not just the surface cleansing. He wants the whole thing. That whole full cleansing that comes from His presence and from His authority. You see, Jesus didn't correct the unclean spirit. He didn't just correct the unclean spirit. You know, how many of us, when we have all these issues, we begin to deal with with issues like addiction. We begin to deal with issues like anger. Well, we begin to just negotiate terms, right? Well, I mean, I'll just begin to do this so that way I don't have these feelings. I'll just begin to do that so I don't have these feelings. I want you to know that that's, although that may keep you going for a little while, but when we surrender to the true authority of Jesus Christ, and we say, be silent and come out, that we don't have to hear those voices anymore, Come on, I believe that Jesus wants to he wants to expose those unclean spirits here this morning. I believe that Jesus wants to drive out unclean spirits in our heart. Come on, I want you to know that it took guts for that guy that as he's just possessed by this unclean spirit to stand up and begin to say, "What have we to do with you? You're messing up my my church experience. You're messing up all my friendships. Come on, I got too much hanging on what I got going on here. I got I'm like Wally and Beaver. You know, I got, I got the outside cleaned up. It looks good. But it's really not clean. I want you to know that Jesus isn't so much interested in your relationships. And I'm willing to bet you that all, most of your relationships, if they're worth having, they care more about your heart than what you look like anyway. Come on, I want you to know that a friend that can't help you during a time of trouble ain't a friend worth having. Well, we need to surround ourselves with godly counsel, with godly disciples. You see, why is it that Jesus has all this authority? I believe that we have to have an understanding of who Jesus is in the human form. I want you to know that the number one tactic of the enemy on this earth isn't to try to... He came to kill, steal, and destroy. He's not trying to sow seeds of doubt. He's not trying to to tamper and mingle in your life. The one thing that the enemy wants to do is steal your identity. He wants you to believe that you're broken. He wants you to believe that you're no good. He wants you to believe that this is just the way it is. This is the way God created me. This is just how it is. That's the number one tactic of the enemy. He just wants to lie and steal who you are. You see, it says that Jesus came and He he took back the keys of death, hell, and the grave as a man. Do you realize that Jesus had to be born as a man in order to, as a man, live a sinless life? and perfect life? Well, you got to recognize that the cross is just the completed work of Jesus. But that was being built up through His sinless, perfect life. That Jesus came to this earth as a man. Because as a man, Adam and Eve in the garden were, were created in the image and likeness of God. They were made perfect. They were actually made very similar to Jesus. Adam and Eve had no sin in their heart. They had no sin. And the enemy began to say, well, but God said, well... They begin to put questions of doubt. The enemy did. And Adam, he willfully took the authority that God gave him and he handed it over to the enemy. It's just like a set of keys. Adam has handed the keys to the devil. You see, God in all of his supreme understanding, in his supreme authority, and his omnipotence, omnipresence, omniscience, and all those things, he could have just went and said, give me those keys back. But he didn't. He began to formulate a plan. He said because because God, because a man gave those keys, it's going to take a man to get those keys back. And God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, in perfection to live perfectly, to live sinless. And He went to the cross having bore no sin. And He took back, He went down into the the pits and the depths of hell. And He He took the keys back from the devil. He took the authority back from Satan. And he goes and he tells Peter he says all authority has been given unto me on earth and in heaven. He gives Peter the keys. He gives the apostles the keys. That I want you to know that as when you became born again, when you give your heart to Jesus Christ, that that authority that the enemy stole from you through Adam is being restored through Jesus Christ. That no longer do you have to function in the authority of Satan, but you can now function in the same authority That Jesus functioned in. That you can begin to cry out and call out the demonic. That you can begin to say to those unclean spirits, Depart. Get out of here. I don't accept it anymore. I'm not living like this anymore. I'm going to go to my knees. I'm going to begin to put myself under the authority of Jesus Christ. I'm going to live a new life. I want to live a sinless life. I want to live a discipled life. I want to live a life as Jesus lived. You see, his death was only half of the equation. His perfect life was the other half. That's the message of Mark. He, so- he shows the supernatural humanity of Jesus Christ. That Jesus was a man performing the supernatural. And he is also fully God. That is the mystery of the gospel, isn't it? It's difficult to explain. Many times it's harder to just be lived out that as we just live out our testimonies before the Lord. In Mark chapter 6, verse 7, Jesus calls His twelve and He begins to send them out two by two. And He gave them a power over unclean spirits.
0: We hope that you found this message to be both a blessing as well as challenging. If you would like more information or to leave a comment or prayer request, please visit our website at firstassembly.place. Thank you for tuning in to First Assembly, a place to meet with God.